0: you're listening to limitless leaders podcast accelerate your mindset collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership leaders teams and organizations now over to your host renee geruso
1: hi welcome to the limitless leaders podcast my name's renee geruso and i'm looking forward to today's episode if you're tuning in for the first time welcome and if you're a regular listener welcome back And thank you for all your feedback today. Please remember, if you have any topics or guests you'd like me to interview, contact us at podcast at renegeruso.com. So super excited for today's show and today's guest. And over the last few months, I've been doing a lot of writing and research around connection and contribution. And as many of you will know, they're two of the six human needs alongside certainty, variety, significance, and growth. And I think they're very, very closely linked. I think when you're contributing, whether it's at home, in the workplace, or in the community, you're also connecting at a deep level with yourself and with others, which I think is what our purpose is here to do. So today I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest from an amazing purpose-driven organization. Her name is Jessica McPherson, and she's an OAM and is the CEO and founder of St Kilda Mums. St Kilda Mums is an amazing non-for-profit organization established to pass on pre-love baby clothes and nursery furniture to Victorian families needing and requiring assistance. Formed in 2009, St Kilda Mums grew from a weekly working bee that Jessica held in her living room to today's thriving organisation, consisting of two and a half thousand volunteers rehoming more than 50,000 nursery items each year. The latter has been distributed to more than 1,500 Victorian social workers and 250 partner agencies, which is amazing all working together. Jessie is a New Zealander and has a degree in arts. She moved to Sydney in 2000 while working in the wine industry and moved to Melbourne in 2005, and she has two children. In 2017, and this is amazing, she was inducted into the Victorian Honour Roll of Women in recognition of her significant contribution to the Victorian community. And in 2019, she was awarded an Order of Australia Medal, OAM, for services to the community and the non-for-profit sector. Jessie's next goal is to ensure that families across Victoria are able to access the service of St Kilda Mums and its two branches in Geelong and Ballarat known as Geelong Mums and Eureka Mums. So without further ado, welcome, Jessie. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. been really looking forward to having you on on today's show and, you know, sharing your story and and the great, great work that you've been doing. You've created an amazing cause and I'd love to hear what got you started and why. So
0: it was way back in 2009, early 2009, and I had a a two-year-old daughter and a newborn baby boy. And I was visiting my maternal child health centre every week for the, you know, the very early mother, the the mother's groups that are formed there. Uh, And we, I had a few things that my son had out growing. So some nappies and some preemie clothing. And I don't know why, but I just thought I would offer them to my maternal child health nurse. I'd seen families entering the clinic who looked like they might be struggling in St Kilda. There's sometimes mm. uh, families in transitional housing going through treatment programs mm. or, or getting assistance with family violence or homelessness. So I just offered these items to my nurse who asked me to just pop them in the photocopying room. Now when I opened the door to that room, you couldn't see the photocopier and it was just overflowing with those horrible grey cars, oh. plastic bags. Mm. And so I wasn't the first person who'd had this idea, but the problem was is the nurses didn't have time to sort and check the items that were being donated and they just kept piling up. So I offered to organize a working bee and I got a group of girlfriends together. We spent the day there, we pulled everything out of the room we checked everything and packed everything like with like. We made up little bundles of baby boy clothing and baby girl clothing and we put everything back on the shelves neatly and clearly labelled and we turned what was a mess of a room into quite a valuable resource. Now the nurses were overwhelmed. I can imagine. <laughs> um, but I guess more importantly in coming back to the theme around contributing and connecting, mm we felt so good about ourselves because we had to spend the day there we were nursing little newborn babies constant nappy changes dealing with the 2 year old having to have the sleep in the middle of the day mm. but we all supported each other yeah and we at the at the end of the day we felt like we had made an enormous difference we were really the best people to take on that task because we were people who were using those products Yourself. in the moment. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So, and, and then the fact that the nurses were so, so full of gratitude mm. and could see how this could make a real difference to
1: their everyday work. Yeah, we were we were hooked. We just wanted to do more of it. That's amazing, and I love what you said there. You were doing it with relevance as well, because yes. being mums with kids, you, you totally can come from a place of empathy That's and, and and a place right. of real what I call heart purpose. Yeah. yeah, and we have unique skill sets. Yeah, like we were
0: able to look <clears throat> at a secondhand breast pump and see whether it had all the parts or not. And in fact, mm. what we ended up doing, and this is what we do today, you know, eleven nearly eleven years on is people will donate, uh, you know, half a breast pump one day and then the other half the next day. And we've got skilled volunteers who are able to recognise the parts that are valuable, the parts that can't be rehomed and need to Mm. be recycled. Um, And we even now have partnerships with companies like Medela who will send their staff in and bring in spare parts and help us. wow.
1: I just love what you're doing and and getting to have a walk through, you know, here in, in Clayton. The way it's set up and everything's so intentional, but it makes sense. Yeah,
0: we always invite people in. Yeah, so if you were to come here and donate your baby gear yeah. or indeed children's clothing up to well, we go to size 16 now because we support primary school age children, and yeah. some 12 year olds are, are really wearing the bigger youth um, size clothing and shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyone who donates to us, if they're interested in having a tour we'll invite them to park
1: you know and and just come in and have a look around and see firsthand what we do no i, I love that mm-hmm. and you you also have corporates coming in and having there because you know for those listening out there I, I work with quite a few companies that um are letting their staff choose a charity or a cause to go and work in work time during mm-hmm. the year to give that contribution so they can come in here yeah and that's right yeah we have a
0: we have a a very specific program that can accommodate yep. teams of people for an entire day, different sizes. Uh, and what we're finding is that more and more organizations are putting a real uh, value on their, what they call their CSR programs, their corporate social they responsibility. Are. Yeah. And that <clears throat> by offering the hands-on volunteering, it's a way to really connect their employees with the causes mm. that they might be fundraising for or, or giving, uh, doing workplace giving. Yeah. Uh, and we value those teams. It makes such a critical difference to us because a large team of people can attack a large job that would be exhausting for a couple of volunteers or a single staff member to have to do by themselves. So yeah, yeah, we're able to to process a huge amount of donations. And the feedback we get from the participants is that they just felt so great that the pram that they cleaned today is most
1: likely to go out to a family tomorrow. And it's and it is, it's making a difference and it's taking team building yes. to a different level that's actually doing something of relevance and contribution right. in the real world. And what it hits, you know, I I think contribution you have your personal life, your workplace, and your community. And I think coming and doing something like that at St Kilda Mums really hits those three. Yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which is awesome. That's that's great. So any of you out there thinking of doing that, and I know there's quite a few of my clients that are listening, um, what a great way to give something back and also, you know, build your team in real time, real effort, doing something that's going to make a real difference. And the hierarchy, the workplace hierarchy doesn't apply when you're no. doing this kind of
0: activity. So it's quite interesting, you know, when you're guiding a team, you can have some more senior people in the team, you know, some junior people in the team. And then you throw a task at them like, you know, disassemble these car restraints and put them back together. And there's always one alpha person (laughs) who thinks they know everything, who starts bossing people Mm. around. and, And then there's always the quiet achiever. And then what you find out is that in this particular task, you know, just because you're the manager or the most senior person in the organisation doesn't mean yeah. that you're an actual leader in this instance. So, I love that. Yeah. yeah,
1: and that that is so true. We all have, and we all have what I call hidden skills and gifts at work. Yes. and I, a lot of those would shine through doing something That's out right. of the workplace. Yeah, yeah,
0: and we also we can teach <laughs> we can teach businesses. You know, corporate Australia a lot about collaboration because yeah. the way that things work in our sector is there's a huge amount of collaboration. Mm-hmm. We share our intellectual property. In fact, sharing is is part of our vision statement. Our, yeah. our vision is a future where we waste less, share more, and care for every baby and child. And it's such a simple vision statement, but it makes it really so effortless for us to make any kind of decision. Is does that help waste? Is that is that wasteful? Or does it help reduce waste in the world? Is that that a sharing thing to do or isn't it? Or is that a caring thing to do? So I regularly have other charities that are doing very, very similar work to what we're doing. We've embraced them. We've called them our sister organisations. And I'm on tap to answer any of their questions. I got an email last night from an organisation that does exactly what we do less than an hour away, they were looking to employ a part-time coordinator and they wanted some advice from me about what pay rate. You ah, know. So I was able to go yeah. straight back to them and not just tell them what we pay our coordinator, yep. but explain to them how we the structure, use mm-hmm. the award that we use and the bands and the levels that we yes. use in yep. order to pay people fairly according to the sector. Yep. And that information, that could have taken that small charity oh. You know, weeks to figure that out. Yeah, um, so yeah. I, I love being able to share what we've learned along the way. Yeah. And I love being able to share our, our recycling tips. Yeah. In fact, recycling is—it's always been at the heart of everything we do. Mm. But I think that in this post-summer of 2020, where we've had the devastation with the with the fires, and people are really starting to draw a very direct line between climate change and the way that we produce and consume. Like this yeah. is all people are really thinking about it. We had a couple of posts on our Facebook page over the weekend and the the reach of our posts and the engagement in our posts has been falling as yeah. the Facebook algorithms change. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and, but we had two organic posts that had both of them had reached greater than our entire following on our Facebook wow. page, which we haven't done that for probably two years now. Yeah. And both posts were on the subject of recycling.
1: Isn't the that engagement interesting? was huge, the comments yeah. were
0: huge. People are really starting to think about this.
1: So, you know, for And for your do listeners, something about it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And for your listeners, if you if you have a business that I mean a lot of businesses mm. produce and sell products. And right? Yeah. Others sell services. But yeah. anyone who's in the business of producing and selling a product, mm. you've got to take a long hard look at yourself because I mean, we're going on a bit of a tangent no, here. I know, but, but some people are starting to think about
1: closing the loop and what happens to the things that we buy yeah. at the end of the product lifestyle. Yeah. Cycle. The sustainability. Yes. And I always say it's with, with that sort of thing, it's it's big beca- it's been obtainable. Now it's yes. about sustainability. Mm. Like it has changed. And I, I agree with you. I think Especially in the last two years, I've noticed even in a circle of my clients, you know, it's been talked about, but now they're doing, actually yes. doing, which is, which is awesome. And I love that you're, you know, almost mentoring other like, you know, like-minded organizations. And I think that's the key of collaboration Yes. Is sharing best practice and replicating success, yes. and also what you've learned, what's gone wrong, and and how you know that can be their survival guide to not do that. Yes, so yeah. to speak. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. That's great. So when I think of you and the team, I really feel been doing a lot of work, as I've mentioned to you, on the gift mindset, which mm-hmm. is all about embracing and owning your, your mistakes and your challenges, and sharing them, and also your successes. And two of the gifts that stand out, I think, when I think of you and and the amazing work you and the team are doing is the gift of contribution and the gift of of purpose. Do you think they're interlinked?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because um, giving is, for some people, uh, involves sacrifice. I mean, Mm. particularly when people are talking about their treasure, their resources, their money. Yeah. Um. But also, people are very good at putting a value on their time. Mm. So, and and as they should, right? Yeah, like I agree. Time yes. is valuable. Time yes. is precious. Um. You know, a third of our working day is 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 given to our workplace. Yeah. Uh. And a lot of time you can't give away. No. So the time that you have to spend caring for your family. Um, caring for yourself, that sort of time you yeah. can't give away. And then, of course, we need a third of the day to sleep as well. Yeah. So yeah. the bits in between, it's really, for most people, uh, that two hours that they get to themselves, well, then that's the time that they have to exercise. So if you're able to squeeze into your week uh, some kind of volunteering activity or some kind of mentoring or anything mm. you can do, that is precious, precious and it should be recognised as being precious. So, so, yes, it is a gift, but your motivation for giving away your time and your talent mm-hmm. and your treasure, mm-hmm. it should be a cause that you love. Yeah. I, I believe it should be a cause that you love. And this is the interesting thing about the sector that I'm in because there's the not for profit sector, which is a very large sector. And then within that, there's the smaller charitable sector. So to be able to call yourself a charity, you have to exist for a public benefit. yeah, You can't exist for the benefit of a very narrow membership. Mm. So a golf club is a not-for-profit, yeah. but it very much exists for the benefit of the membership base. Uh, our sector that we're working in, uh, the charitable sector, we're able to provide somebody with a tax receipt for their financial donations. Any donation over $2 yeah. is a tax-deductible tax, tax deductible um, uh, receipt. Yep, so yep. when you do your your income tax at the end of the year, you're able to claim it back, but you can't do that with your time. No. So how do you how do you value that gift and mm. and how do you communicate that? Well, I'd like to think that our in our sector there's a whole lot of very talented people serving on boards. Yes. That's not just time. That's also talent, right? It's their the years of experience yeah. um, and the skills that they have making mm. a real difference. And and all charities. Big and small are governed yeah. by by volunteers for the most yes. part. There's, oh, it, you know, maybe if you're a large charity that runs public hospitals or private that's hospitals, different. Yeah. that's different. You might have some kind of paid directorship going on, but you'd be amazed how many really, really large charities have volunteers on their yeah, board. Wow! Yeah, so that's giving crazy. giving yeah. that away is an extraordinary yeah. gift as well. And what you get in return is you get recognition if yeah. you're if you're giving at that level. Um, and but the return should really be the satisfaction of a job well done done, the pleasure of contributing uh, and being in service others yeah Yeah. and the friendships you make and the people that you meet yeah you can't really put a value on that and particularly if it gives you the opportunity to get close to someone that you really admire or yeah. you'd love to learn from and that that mm. then turns into a
1: friendship or even potentially a, a mentoring relationship yeah, yeah yeah it's a great no, I, I, I love it and it's it's a win-win for everyone and i think you hit the nail on the head in we've just we've just done a bit of a, a survey a diagnostic out and time is still every year it comes back still the biggest challenge mm. And I agree, though, you know, you've got to value your time for others too, yes. but it's what you do with your time. It's a currency. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a really, you know, what I do, giving person and I do a lot of pro bono work and it lights me up making a difference to, you know, some people that may not have had access to that. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to get out of your own head as well, yeah. those listeners out there, and share what you know. Don't ever mm-hmm. underestimate what you know, what you've done, the lessons you've had because I think at the end of the day, that's where the gold is or else you're mm. sweeping it under the rug. Mm. And I think sometimes we all know when you're teaching or educating or sharing is when you go, wow, I didn't know I knew so much about that.
0: Yeah. I think for me sometimes when I've been to conferences, particularly early in this job, I went to quite a lot of fundraising conferences yeah. because, you know, I had to learn a lot about it really quickly and um, and it's critical For any charity survival is the ability to fundraise Uh, but the most memorable presentations at those conferences were always the story of what went horribly wrong totally yeah and how how what sounded like a great idea turned out to just be a disaster Mm. Uh, they're really memorable and I think we've got to we've got to really talk about the mistakes
1: that we made as we went along the way and how it went wrong yeah uh, that's that's gold i'm a huge advocate well that's mm-hmm. the gift mindset yeah is, is sharing so not just what went wrong but the actual nitty-gritty of it yeah and it just helps people not reinvent the wheel and I, i'm not saying every wheel have all the answers but you know i i know you know in in my last when i was back in the corporate world um i had a a leader that actually shared you know that he hated numbers he was a sales director. <laughs> And I was like, "What?" And he was very, very good at his role, so it sort of shook me a bit. I'm not a numbers person, so I said to him, "You know, what did you do?" And he said, "I learned enough about it, but by knowing numbers, I can reach goals." And, and me being a goal-oriented person, yeah. I took that in my stride. But but what blew me away, not at the time, but now looking back, was his vulnerability to share Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, you know, and you know, vulnerability is the new black mm. to me. It's just, just, just be open, own it. Yeah. and share it and also share your successes too yes you know I, I think there's there's a lot of people that have these great wins and use them as secret weapons you know ah, yeah. Okay, yeah so situations and and people so you know just just some research I've done recently you know I've, I've had people openly say Renee I don't want to share what my team's doing because we're the highest performing team or I don't want to share you you're my secret weapon if I'm mentoring them yeah. and you know, years ago I'd probably be flattered, but now it's like, well, no, you've got to share that success. So particularly others, if if you're talking about competing with another
0: team within yeah, the same organization, <laughs>
1: that's 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 right. And that's I think it's a breach of fiduciary trust, isn't it? When you think so. about it, it wow. happens so. And I think with the next generation, you know, coming into the workforce as we speak, you know, a lot of them, you know, are very eager for that next step quickly, and there's mm. people that can get a bit intimidated by it they tell me you know yeah, wow. around they want my job so I'm not going to tell them how I did that so I think it goes back if that's anyone out there listening going back to what your intention is yeah and really following through with why you do what you do for the right reason and and I think in in any role whether you're leading people or not you can be helping create future leaders around you absolutely and I think that's and that's that legacy piece yeah Yeah, and who knows what you share may get passed down, Mm -hmm. and that's what becomes a story, and that evokes emotion. And I think that goes from, you know, sort of inertia, not Mm -hmm. sharing, to to legacy, which is which is that that high level, which is important. So, Jess, can I ask you? So, if if our listeners out there are going, how can I contribute more? What would be a few tips you'd have? So contributing at home, at work, community, are they all the same? Like, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. I get asked, you know, how do I find a great volunteering job? You know, like, Mm. what is there out there? And there's a few things. Um, Volunteering Australia is a, um, a a member association of, of organizations like ours that okay. offer volunteering um, and then that's broken down by state so there's a volunteering Victoria and a volunteer okay. in New South Wales etc and they will they will show volunteering opportunities that are available there's also LinkedIn yeah. so it's actually free to add, for charities to advertise volunteering I've seen roles that yeah which on is LinkedIn. great incredible yeah. yeah and therefore if you were thinking that this is something you're interested in doing Get onto LinkedIn and update your own profile with all of your volunteering experience. Yep. Because a lot of people might say, oh, you know, I'm not volunteering at the moment. I, you know, but if you have, where do I start? But if you've been involved with your child's basketball team yep. or surf lifesaving, saving, et cetera, put your volunteering service yep. um, onto your LinkedIn profile. Ask for recommendations yep. from people Good. that you've volunteered with. Um, you know, even if you just volunteered for the school fate, you know, ask yeah, the school fate. It doesn't matter. To yeah. Write it for her. <laughs> shoot a video of how to put it on LinkedIn and that sort of stuff. Uh, Because LinkedIn is, of course, where we all are these days. And And my video is huge
1: now. Get a video testimonial. And isn't LinkedIn a wonderful, positive place to be?
0: Right? It's 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 awesome. I love it. Mm. Look,
1: all the platforms have a purpose, but I think you're right. LinkedIn, I don't know where we'd be without it as a business. And look, it's a lot of work, a lot of content creation, all that sort of thing. But I think... Don't always assume just with LinkedIn if you're yep. not getting a lot of interaction that you're not getting a lot of interaction because yep. it's people are watching. That's right. And it's That's your right. brand presence as as a leader, as in your role, you know, your cause, whatever you're doing, you need to fly that flag. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you might be <laughs> working for a large organization
0: um, and there might be somebody within the organisation who you'd like to get to know better, who who you know is is someone who inspires you, or someone who you'd like to mentor you. Have a look through their LinkedIn profile, yeah. find out what causes they volunteer to uh, volunteer with. Maybe bump into them, you know, at a work event or in mm. the kitchen or whatever, and say, "Hey, look, I see from your profile that you're the chair of the X charity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a great cause. How did you get involved? Have yeah. a little chat about it." And then say at that point, look, I'd love to volunteer my time if you need help with an Mm. event. Helping out with events, with charity events, is a great way to to, to actually get started. Yeah. Because you're not saying, I want to be on your board. No. What you're saying is, I'm going to give you my time and help you make something that you're doing. Most events have a fundraising element to them. In fact, we shouldn't be doing events if we're not fundraising. No. And and that might be a good way to get started. Um, Also... You know, just start as local as you dare, which could be walking around to the local primary school and saying to the principal, I I lead a software development team in my workplace. Yeah. You know, uh, I'd love to come in and and help the students. Complete some kind of you know in
1: there, in their whatever it is that, that that's doesn't huge. have to be huge. It's and a, I think it's a some thing. I think some people think oh it's massive. I've got to give my day job up, yeah. but it's not. It can be some info. It can be helping right. behind the scenes. And I love that piece of advice around go yeah. to an event because then you see it, taste it, feel it. You're there, yeah. and then you can know maybe where your skills are better are better suited. Now I love I love that, and I think too you know. Um, contributing in the workplace so this is community which which i love but in the workplace i think it's things as simple as showing up when i say showing up you know as dale carnegie says 80 percent of your success is showing up but not just clocking in clocking off but actually showing up and wanting to be there and wanting to contribute Mm -hmm. and being there you know logically heart wise intuitively yeah
0: Showing up and uh, bringing your full self, authentic self, to work. And if you can't bring your full authentic self mm. to work, then start building a workplace that is more accepting of diversity and Love more inclusive. Yeah, and become an ally. Yeah, and become become informed about the mm. issues that your colleagues are facing. We still, that a lot of workplaces lack diversity. Yeah, although I think that a lot of organisations are realising how Diverse teams outperform (laughs) others. Mm. um, There's lots of things that you can do just to make your workplace better. Even if that's, you know, let's say you love gardening, yeah, maybe you just bring a nice pot plant into your office that you share with your work, and you talk about the benefits of trees. Yes.
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, that's that's the thing. It's just it's uh, people have these hidden gifts and these you know hidden Mm. little passions. Yes. I'm um, might be my heritage, but I'm a big believer that food is is an amazing connector. Absolutely, and you know, even I think bringing you know some of the companies I work in, the ethnicities in there, and age, and just every there's so much diversity. Bring your different foods in, bring a bit of your culture in, share it, talk mm-hmm. about it. I think you know, there's there's definitely something mm-hmm. in that connecting over food. And I think connection and contribution are very, very closely linked. Yeah.
0: I think rituals also have a place in the workplace, yep. um, but rituals that are not onerous. Rituals that, that, that suit the kind of workplace you're in, and, and I'll yep. give you an example here. When I was in my um, late 20s, I had a great friend who um, was living in Sydney, and she worked for a finance company that employed a lot of young people, mm. and they had this compulsory Friday night drinks thing going on, and... Every Friday night. She used to have that at Mars. Right. Yeah. Well, she just found this a um, massive imposition Yeah, for two things. She had other things she'd rather be doing yeah. on a Friday night because we used to go rum racing, so she would have ah. preferred to be sailing with us. Yeah, um, But the other thing was this whole culture around alcohol consumption, mm. right? Because it wasn't we're going out for a nice meal on a Friday night. It was... Drinking. And five o'clock we'll go and we'll stand in a bar, you know, yeah. for four yeah. hours. And I remember her leaving that job because she couldn't bring her true authentic self to that workplace Uh, and she had no power to say no thank you Mm. Um, so I think if you are going to be developing rituals in your workplace then make sure that they're rituals that that people can can buy into and I really struggle. Or not. <laughs> I, or not. Str- I struggle with this and I think it's bringing your true authentic self is also mm. being able to stand up to a ritual that you don't agree with. Yes. So I struggle. One, one ritual that I struggle with in my workplace is Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Because of decorations and gifts. So, ah. yeah, because I see, yeah. when I see Christmas decorations, I see landfill. Yeah. And when I see gifts... I see also, you know, this this unnecessary, unnecessary, excess excess consumption, excess Mm. production. So, you know, I've had to come to a bit of a compromise with my team about what we do with regard to Christmas decorations. And the compromise that we've come to is... Uh, we will use, we will reuse Christmas decorations that are inadvertently donated to us. Yeah. Because that does happen. Yeah. We receive donations, we go through them and go, oh my God, it's a box of Christmas yeah. decorations. Yeah, yeah, But we would never as an organization buy Christmas decorations. No. And so that's a compromise that I'm comfortable with. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah. you know, getting rituals into your workplace celebrating Christmas and other public holidays, yep. but also making sure that those rituals don't contradict another core value yeah. that you have in your yeah. organisation. And individuals, employees mm. and volunteers, should be involved in creating those, accompanying those values yeah. and reviewing them. As part of your three-year yeah. strategic planning process, yep. you need to ask yourself... Is the mission still valid? Is our vision still that's valid? Right. Are these val- values, are we truly living these values mm. or do these values capture actually everything that we truly live? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. And they're all interlinked. And I think that we can get caught in a default and you see it. You well, know, that's just the, the way mission. we do things that's around That's the here. vision. It's stuck on the wall. It looks good. So let's, and it's just one-dimensional. And yeah. I think that I love that about the rituals. I think, you know, culture, any business culture comes back to shared beliefs and values as one community and rituals is a big part of that. Yes. So, you know, for those of you with your teams, don't just put rituals in place. Get the team involved and co-create and people own what they co-create, not what they're told, especially as we get older. We hate being told even more. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I think the final thing on rituals is rituals are absolutely critical Mm. in times of great stress and grief. Yeah, so you only have to think about a beautiful funeral that you've been to recently mm. to realise that if we didn't have a way of celebrating somebody's life or acknowledging mm. somebody's grief, yep. we would be really rudderless. And I think that mm. that's probably the full extension of it. But in the workplace, mm. um, yeah, simple rituals. Yep. Are, yeah. And not for the sake good. of it. And not for no. the sake of it. I think no.
1: that's that's really important. I just love that. I always talk about limitless leaders. Limitless is sort of... Limitless and connection are two big words. And I think everyone, I always say this to our listeners, have a big word for the year. Yep. Okay. Right? So whatever that word is, it doesn't mean you have to plaster it everywhere, but it sort of brings you back in. And a word for each quarter, even as a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a focus. So a word that, that I'm, you know, right now is connection. So connecting with less people but going deeper. Okay. And that's in and out of work. I'm, I'm very networked. I've got a million friends. But it's the moment. It's like everything's topical and quick and instantaneous. Yep. And, and that's not me. So it's taking a step back and reviewing that. So Limitless is on the flip side in a way around, you know, I think as a Limitless leader, we learn, we unlearn, we learn again and um, our potential to lead others and create future leaders is almost boundless. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So who's somebody you admire and why? Oh, mm. oh that's a great
0: <laughs> a great question. I mean, I, I admire a lot of people. I really, yeah. I really do. I mean, I think, you know possibly topically, given that Oscars was only televised yeah. yesterday. Like I'm now absolutely fascinated with the South Korean the South Korean director of the film Parasite. Parasite. Can't yeah. wait to watch the film. Yeah. You know, I think people can kind of duck in and out of your, your That's consciousness. Right. Uh, another person who I was just absolutely full of admiration for recently was the I don't even know what his title is, the commissioner for the um, RFS up in New South Wales. Okay, Because yeah. he was yeah. showing up every day to stand mm. and talk to the media about what was going on with those fires that just dragged on and on and on. Yeah. Um, I had family in southern New South Wales, and we were, we were, we were caught up in, mm. in the New Year's Eve fires. And, you know, that kind of leadership, oh, my God. And, and for him, that was absolutely... Oh, you know, there, there was yeah. that was real crisis management yeah. stuff, and, and not planned. It was absolutely one of those fires yeah. for seventy two days. Yeah. So, um, that's extraordinary leadership. Yeah. Um, and then there are, I, I suppose, there are authors, and there are, you know, people who who continue to speak up on issues yeah. that are mm. challenging.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so one of the traits that I'm hearing, I've heard sort of three times, is be, it's being bold in a good way, speaking up, leading out loud. I call it. Yeah, okay. And I think yeah. I think a lot of leaders have to realise in business owners, you're not always going to be liked, but that's no. not a bad thing. No, and it, it, it's hard to swallow. It is. It's it's actually
0: hard to speak up, right? Yeah. Like it's This is the big challenge. I went to a. Um, a, a lunchtime workshop in the city recently, yeah. very yeah. recently, um, and there was a large group of people who come together. It was hosted in a law firm. There were about sixty people yeah. in the room. It was a very specific topic. It was an mm. hour and a half presentation, um, and it you know somebody stood up to kind of get things going mm. and sort of welcomed us and explained what how the proceedings for the day were going to be. And then he said, "So now I invite the first speaker," and I was just sat there going, "You what?" you know and so I got a piece of paper from my diary and wrote a note and passed it down to this man who just welcomed us and said yeah. why was there no acknowledgement of country
1: yeah, like, yeah. that that
0: to me was really jarring yeah. you know that to be yeah. welcomed in a group of 60 people and then and not to have that forgotten now this mm. goes back to ritual right yeah. but it's more than just ritual it's being an ally mm. towards Aboriginal and Torres Strait yeah. Islander people to yeah. always acknowledge that it's you're amazing. on their land. At the end of the panel discussion, he stood up and he was profusely apologetic about okay. his oversight. Yeah. Um, and he he came up to me afterwards and he you know he said, look, I'm so I'm I'm terribly sorry. We moved the venue because it was a larger group than we expected. And because we moved the venue, I was just feeling a bit out of sorts. And I said, no, no problem. No problem at all. Now, a lot of people might have thought at that point well, they've forgotten it, but I'm not going to say anything. No, I knew you I, did. And I, I took the awesome. risk that they yeah. might think I was just an absolute pain, but I wanted to be that kind of ally. Yeah, And as it turns out, my values aligned with his yeah. and that his organisation, and he was horrified of the oversight. So yeah. that,
1: that that's kind of a good news I, story. I love that. And he'd be grateful for the feedback. And I, I think feedback comes back to contribution. Yeah. Give people feedback, whether... You know, it's it's constructive or positive. It doesn't matter. The more feedback you give, you that's create right. that feedback. I'm very big into coaching because that creates that Absolutely. feedback-centric culture. And after
0: all, nothing was lost. The acknowledgement no.
1: happened, and right? you won't do it again. <laughs>
0: exactly, nothing was lost. And I think that's about the thing about constructive feedback is is give it when there's yeah. still an opportunity. make it right that's right and this is in the workforce as well about the timeliness of feedback there's no point waiting to six monthly review and bring up something that your boss said to you three months earlier
1: that pissed you off right like you have to it's got to be ongoing we we do a lot of a lot a lot of work on this and it's i even say with those performance um reviews call them performance previews so 10 percent looking back yes what have you learned can't change it really yeah what can you use to move forward but, yeah, the, the best the best um, businesses, you know, that, that I see and the most effective leaders regularly coach. And that can be a 10-minute conversation. For the listeners out there, and we always get asked about this, there's a lot of feedback models you can do on the fly, the water cooler, in the hallway, whatever. But the one I always use is the plus delta, which is what worked well overall and let them answer that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not you, and then you can add to it. So what worked well um, I, you know, I presented well. I had I had clear slides. I had an engaged audience, and then you'd say what else, and really get their sense of awareness, and then add to it, instead of just going well done. And that way, especially if you do that in a group scenario, you're sharing best practice. And then the second question I always ask is, what would you change or do differently? Never use the word better. So change or okay. do differently targets two different parts of the brain. So They'll hear one of those words. Oh, I probably would have, you know, not gone over time, or and then that can go into a conversation of development for that that next stage. Yeah, great. So those those of you that have done a lot of work with me will know this model. So it's really what worked well and what what would you change or do differently? And you can use this on emails,
0: yep.
1: Um over the phone, and then obviously face to face. But it's a really good way to for people to see how they've contributed or if they're not and where they need to step it up. So with any business or role, we get hit with challenges. And that's, you know, part of the gift that I believe we need. And I think you'd agree, the hardest things we go through are usually are the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been a key challenge that you faced and how did you overcome it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that's always a goodie, isn't it? And it's one mm. you often get in a job interview too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: key <laughs> challenge you face. Um, look, I always think that a, that a problem shared is a problem halved. So yep. I think sometimes when you're feeling really overwhelmed by something that's going on um, in your life, in your work, whatever, that um, it's really important to tell even just one person yeah. about how you're feeling. Yeah. I truly believe that that things are very very much more manageable
1: yes yeah when you do
0: that and so the the various challenges that I've I've had over the years just having a sounding board just having a power walking partner in the morning to kind of chat things through and I think you know there's that men are from Mars women are from Venus uh, philosophy from a million years ago you know that women like to sort of they like to articulate their problems, but they don't necessarily need a man to come along and tell them what to do. No, you know? it's just that download. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. I'm just going to bitch yeah. and about this and you're yeah. going to listen and say, oh, I know, you know, yeah. and, and then that's it. That's all I needed to do to kind yeah. of resolve that for me. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know <clears throat> how scientifically proven that is. Um, or not but i certainly find that just talking about the challenges and i'm yeah. not seeking answers i
1: don't need no. anyone to tell it's me what like you said sharing and having just yeah, it's, it's decompression yeah no <laughs> i i i totally i totally get it and i think mm. it comes back to the one thing that a lot of people just don't do and that's ask for help yes it's yes. um you know, I recently um, just ran a workshop and it was all mapped out, highly facilitated, so we really change the wind depending on the group. Mm-hmm. It's not set in stone. And I threw in out of the blue everyone's got five minutes to think about one person in the room they can ask for help from. Okay. That was the key highlight of the whole day. Wow. Being able to have a forum to stand up and have that courage to say, hey, stop having too many meetings or hey I need you to give me feedback or you know whatever it is so I think being open and I love that having that person I think sometimes and those of you out there that might run a practice like me you're with people all the time but you're on your own at the end of the day yes you've really got to make sure you've got what I call your board of directors Mm -hmm. you know um, which is your your sort of 15 people around you to support and cheer you on that's
0: right that's right yeah
1: yeah Yeah. so we could talk all day but last question I want to ask you being a limitless leader takes a lot of energy you know Mm -hmm. and I think you know I'm a big believer not always one that practices it but we do need balance in our lives what do you do to stay energised I think
0: exercise is is probably a justifiably understood great way to feel good. Um, So for me, uh, power walking and Pilates are kind of my two go-to things that I I try and, and do. Um, I also really enjoy riding my bike. So, yeah. if I can ride my bike to work. Bicycle or, if I
1: have or motorbike? B- bicycle. Push bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah push yeah, bike. Cool.
0: So, I live in St Kilda. If I've got a meeting in the city, I will always ride. That's because awesome. I will park my bike at the bottom of the building I'm going into. To, yeah. And I can wear the highest of high heels Yeah, because I'm not, you know, schlepping up to railway station, yeah, yeah, standing yeah. on a train, <laughs> and then, the, you know, it. trying to get to the yeah. top of Lonsdale Street from, yeah. from the station. So, yeah so so riding my bike is wonderful i also make the most if i am driving now that we're in clayton and i've got the uh it's a 14 kilometer distance so it's quite a long bike ride and sometimes it just doesn't work but listening to podcasts yeah i find a great way to just think about something different yeah and just focus (laughs) on that one thing absolutely and i've been listening to a lot of classical radio lately in the car wow so i've kind of just felt like you know if i've had three days in the car and i've listened to every podcast i've got to catch up with yeah and then i just want to kind of zone out yeah i just want to think and get into my brain then i'm Mm. I'm finding abc classic radio um love it (laughs) really enjoyable so they're just a few little things yeah
1: and everyone has their own mine's cooking Oh, lovely! Cooking's yes. my—I'm not a still person, but cooking from without a recipe. Oh, nice! Yep. Yeah, I'm not a not a structure person, so just cooking is one, and yeah, I've just gone back to pilates, so it's yeah. good. It's good, and it get, keeps you in the zone as well. That's I think right. that's really important. Mm-hmm. Our last bit of quick trivia. Sure. So we ask all our guests this: So, what's your favorite word? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. come on. Oh what's my
0: a god. word that you love oh my god all the words that I love are the words that my son makes up oh how cute yeah what's one so um I'm just thinking my husband's got a diary where he's written them all uh, of, course-ly. of coursely of coursely I love that <laughs> um he's now just turned 11 but over the course of his life he has just come up with some absolute pearlers oh. um they are often adverbs like that too yeah. by the way yeah so I love I do love words yeah um I think probably the most important word for me in my current role and and, yep. and what I do is thank you. Yep. Uh, and I like to say it about five times. Yeah, beautiful. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I love that. For course. speaking with me today. Oh, it's <laughs> been an absolute honour. Absolute honour. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, oh my goodness. Probably uh, the sound of
0: my 11-year-old son jumping out of yeah. his top bunk upstairs. So the whole house shakes but you know he's having fun i know he's awake <laughs> yeah yeah oh. <laughs> i know it's time to get up and get yeah.
1: started with the day oh yeah. gorgeous and last but not least if you were to pursue another profession other than what you're doing now what would you attempt all oh, right so uh, i
0: can answer this question uh, very confidently because i really believe in this concept of five generations in the yeah. workplace yeah um and i'm bang smack in the um it, at the end of my third generation in the workplace, but I've got two more ahead of me, yep. um, and I don't necessarily think that I will always be doing this role in this sector. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about what I'd like to do next, and and what I would like to do is um, consult to other charities, yep. beautiful, particularly around fundraising, getting the
1: most out of technology. Yeah. And so I am studying at the moment towards that goal. Fantastic. Yeah. Can we can we just go back, just for yes. the, the listeners, the five generations, what's that about? Oh, so just... that's a that's a concept that I, I learned about at a
0: um, community conference recently that acknowledges that in the workplace today. People actually enter the workplace in their early twenties, but a lot of people aren't leaving the workplace until the end of their seventies. Mm. So that means you literally have—if you say a generation is ten years at a time—you literally have five generations working together. Yeah. And you need to understand that people's um, skills and abilities, and motivations, sure. and availability, mm. availability particularly, because—and I'm thinking here about people who have got primary school age children. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, there's the maternity leave thing to begin with, but then the primary school age. Yep children because it's a really fleeting time right but when you're in the middle of it it actually is critical that you make it to the school play mm-hmm. or that you do the, the, yeah. the drop off or the pick up yeah. or whatever it is and I think if we acknowledge in the workplace that well first of all care and work is unpaid. So yeah. it's not just when you've got children, it's when you've got elderly and yeah. frail parents, parents that you're caring yeah. for or you might have a child sick, with a lifelong yeah. disability or yeah. you know, a partner that gets sick. Yeah. I think really understanding that the workplace may not look like Monday to Friday 9 to 5 yeah. and that you can always be learning. Yeah. So you, you might have come back into the workplace in the early 50s, you can no longer afford to have the attitude oh, well, you know, they've only got another five years and then they're retiring because that is just not what people are doing. And and not necessarily out of necessity, out mm. of choice. There's a lot of really, really energetic, engaged mm. people that are contributing a huge amount yeah. in the, in that in the two generations of their career where they
1: would have been expected to retire yeah and it doesn't or switch off and just be there but not contribute so they can yeah i
0: mean i see i see a lot more of the
1: reverse i see a lot
0: more Mm. of people who are who are highly engaged and who want to learn yeah you know
1: and so Don't underestimate the contribution those people can provide. I love that. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you so much for today. So how can people find out more about St Kilda Mums, whether it's from a volunteering um, perspective, donating or being part of the the team building corporate programs? Yeah, great.
0: So there's information about all those things on our website, www.stkildamums.org or if you're in Geelong, check out Geelong Mums' website. If you're in Ballarat, Eureka Mums. And in fact, we have a sister organization in every state in Australia Okay. and also in the ACT. So information about that is on our website under the contact tab in the main navigation, sister organization. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, you may have a listener who's in Adelaide. Well, they can yep. find the link directly to the Treasure Boxes
1: website. Fantastic. And learn about how they can support Treasure Boxes. And there's so, a lot of different yeah. ways you can support and give back. So thank you so much, Jessica, for share. being on the show today. And I'm sure those of you out there have, um, as I have, gleaned a lot of gold and some amazing insights today. Love to hear any feedback that you have on the show. And as always, please feel free to rate and review this podcast and share it with those that may benefit. Just coming up too, we've got a few public programs this year. So if you just jump on renegerusso.com, Um, or on on our social media links, you'll see that we've got quite a few workshops coming up um, in the next few months. So take care and we look forward to chatting to you soon on the Limitless Leaders podcast.
0: You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast Series at www.ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series. That's ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series.